every single one of us can be a safe enough person that somebody can come to and say, I need to tell you something that I can't tell somebody else. Mm. Every single one of us can be a brave enough person to say, I'm willing to get dirty to help you get clean. I'll let your blood get on me. I'll get a rag and wipe the dirt out of this wound for you. Let's do this together. We don't have to do it by ourselves. God said, we'll know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And isn't that what loving is? Sitting with people in their pain and not judging and loving them through it. Welcome to the Really Real Podcast, where the hosts are currently attempting to convince the International Olympic Committee that podcasting is a sport. From their training studio at 12,000 feet above sea level, here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hello and welcome to the Really Real Podcast. It's episode 73. It's a show where three friends sit down for a drink and some refreshingly honest conversation about real life. Anson, Kara, and Isaac back with you after our summer break. Yay. Did you guys have a good summer? I get my, my legs are a little tan now. Yeah. I got outside a lot. That's good. I'm feeling good. Spent yeah. a lot of time on the water this yeah. summer, yeah. which is unlike me. So. I don't think any of us got the Rona yet either. Not, Not yet. yet. Knock on wood. Fingers Thanks. crossed. So. Yeah. <laughs> All in all, not a bad summer. <laughs> That's our metric for how we define that. success now yeah. in 2021. Makes sense. Here's what we've got on tap for today. First, we have Need a Refill. This is a new segment where we talk about what we wish life would pour us a little bit more of. Isaac is going to be talking about being introduced to a new activity today. Yes. And then we have another new segment, Multiverse of Madness. Yes, we're <laughs> ripping this straight from the MCU. Things are about to get really weird. To come up with a <laughs> so hypothetical excited. situation, an alternate universe where Kara and Isaac and I have to navigate some sort of yeah. situation. We'll reveal a little bit more about that one later in the show. Then we've got Yelp the World. This is where we rate anything because we all know you're dying to know our opinions on everything. Yes. <laughs> so Kara is going to rate her new bougie coffee pot. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to hearing about that. And then our <laughs> final new segment of the episode will be plus one. And this is our primary segment for the episode. We've got a special guest, Carrie Korn, who is a former KLRC morning show radio host. She's now a graduate intern in counseling, and she's going to come and talk to us about mental health and counseling and therapy. So really looking forward to that conversation coming up a little bit later in the show. There are a few things that we've kept from last season. And the first one is what's everybody drinking today? Awesome. What do you got guys? I have been drinking almost too much. I'm going to go ahead and say too much. All the <laughs> stock cold brew. It's spelled S T O K. Oh, I think it's pronounced stock. Okay. It's the cold brew that you can buy there just in like a gallon jug. Ooh. And I've been just pouring that straight black uncut into my coffee cup in the morning because of course you have but, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have been just like slamming that every morning now coffee normally I drink it hot yeah. and I get to where there's kind of this built in stop gap of you have to make a pot it's uh, hot. You have to wait a little mm. bit between cups. Okay. The cold brew thing <laughs> is more like perfectly optimized efficiency. The yeah. cold brew was pour it down your gullet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to the point that I was at home and I was going to go back and get some more because I've been drinking it just like water. Oh no. And I noticed like, as I was reaching for the fridge, my hand was like shaking. <laughs> 
maybe and not. I thought, maybe let's stop. I've been drinking that stuff like crazy. It's so good. The Aldi stock cold brew. Yes. Have you seen that episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine where they all get some cold brew and they're all drinking too much of it and they don't know it? <laughs> no, but I want to watch. And that so, now. like the three people that are drinking cold brew, everybody else is talking in slow motion. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, fully. And uh, Boyle comes running in, goes, "Stop! You're drinking too much." Yes. Like I've had days. You're a hyper aware. You become the Flash. It's right. great. It's a great. Well, episode. If you just start jabbering away over there, yeah, we'll, we'll know, know what's, what's going on. What's yeah. happening. I've actually got an Aldi drink as well. This nice. is the Bell V, which is their like sparkling water brand. Oh, blueberry lemon. And here's the deal with this. My wife actually bought this because she just thought blueberry lemon seltzer sounded good. Yeah. But it's actually a seltzer mixed with real fruit juice. (gasps) Okay. What? So when I was first getting into the seltzer thing, my wife and I, we were talking about how like I kind of wish there was some sort of like intermediate step between soda where it's like ungodly amounts of sugar sure and then the seltzers which you know all the jokes about Lacroix and all that stuff about being just a very distant flavor this is that middle ground wow so it's like a sparkling water but with blueberry juice and lemon juice and that's it like there's no added sweeteners to it so there's no additional sugar other than what's in the juice yeah and there's no artificial sweeteners which i hate (laughs) like i cannot i cannot do the fake sweetener stuff yeah i think it's 80 calories or something like that nice compared to like the i don't know 150 200 of a soda or something yeah so if you're like kind of wanting to try the seltzer thing but you you just don't quite like it or you're having a hard time adjusting to it this could be a good middle ground option i'm yeah. very intrigued feels like a good morning drink like if you yeah. don't drink coffee or something yeah. juice but it's sparkling That's put a little pep super. in your step yeah it's like you just poured yourself a glass of juice and then dumped some sparkling water in it yeah it's want, really good i want to try yeah. this now blueberry like lemon they have a couple other flavors too need to make a trip to aldi after this yeah i'm drinking an apple crisp macchiato because it's a thing that's new and it had to be advertised and i had to try it <laughs> even though i have a new bougie coffee pot at home that i've been making my own this yeah. morning i was like i'm gonna try the new fall drink and i gotta say i'm really disappointed really what? And I'm very sad about oh, that. Oh, no, because you were talking this up the other day. I was excited about it. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like, I mean, apple crisp in a right. drink. Yeah. How could you go wrong? It doesn't taste like apple crisp uh. in a drink. I mean, there's apple in it, but it's just not that good. Like, I, and I was really disappointed. I'm sad about so it that. Just, is it missing like, I mean, the spice part of it or like what? Yeah, the spice is missing. You can kind of taste the apple, but then there's like an aftertaste that's not mm. a good aftertaste. Oh, no. So it's not quite like an apple cider either. No. It's, it's more just like it's just like apple and some coffee and what is this? And I'm not as excited about it as I wanted to be. Could it, could it be better received if it weren't 95 degrees outside? Maybe. Even then, I don't think I'll get it again. It just wasn't. Wow. Yeah, Which is disappointing. For you. But that's okay, because okay, I'm learning to make my own good coffee at home. So I'll I was going to say, you're just going to have to experiment then yeah, when exactly. you come up with your own apple crisp Make my macchiato. own, and it'll be amazing. Make a good one. Nice. That's, yes. that's the key. And then share it with us. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about what's on repeat this week. Isaac, what you listening to? I've been listening to a lot of Life is Good by Courtney Ramirez. So we're in the waning days of summer. It's still a million degrees outside. I'm not quite into pumpkin spice latte territory yet. Mm -hmm. I need kind of a goodbye summer feel good song. Mm. And this is sort of one of those. I'm outside playing around in the yard, riding my bike. And this is one of those songs that can go on very easily. I like it a lot. Nice. 
My on repeat this week is Lightning Fast by Oh So Broken. I really, really dig this song. Yeah. Uh, and I dig this rapper too. And he's got a lot of singles. He's like 20 some singles that oh, this wow. guy's put out over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. Lightning Fast in particular, it's just a really interesting song. It's kind of based on the verse in Luke where Jesus says that he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Mm. Oh. And here's a section of the lyrics. It says, Satan fell lightning fast, but like him, I've been climbing. Repent before I crash. Living for my flesh, I had to let that go. I was starving for the bread, but I don't need that dough. (laughs) And he's been describing on social media how he's kind of struggled with basing his self-worth on his success Mm. or lack thereof, or how much his music is impressing people, how many plays or views he's been Mm. getting. This is a real struggle for like independent artists and stuff, right? Where you're trying to gain traction and you're trying to do the hustle and get people to pay attention to you and play your song and look up your tracks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said over the last year or so, even though he feels like his music is as good as it's ever been, all of his numbers have dropped. Mm. His streaming numbers are down. And he said it's just been really hard. But he says it's been a shot to my pride. And I'm realizing that that's been a blessing from God. Whoa. I just really love that idea that sometimes a shot to our pride is good for us. That's what we need. And that's kind of what this song is about, that Satan fell lightning fast and we need to be careful of the same outcome, right? Mm. If we feel like we're trying to climb up the ladder, it's just as easy for us to crash as well. If our motives aren't in the right place, mm-hmm. if we're not seeking the right things. Mm. My on repeat this week is Lost by Maroon 5. Lost, I was lost, I was lost, till you love me now. Anson sent this one out to us in a group of songs to listen to and pretty sure I responded immediately and was like, yes, yes, yes. I love this. All the stars. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I I listened to it on repeat that day several times right away because it just immediately grabbed me. It's very catchy. It's got a very... I don't know, 80s vibe and and parts Mm -hmm. of it, but also great lyrics. I mean, to me, it's all about Jesus. I was lost until you found me. The beginning has got no connection, no faith or direction, searching and searching for something to save my soul. I was swept up in a wave and then I heard you say my name. So it may sound a little cliche, but I love it. Like I've been listening to it all week, just over and over. I think it's Mm -hmm. a beautiful song. And isn't Maroon 5... Like an old band from back in the day? <laughs> it I, depends on how. Yeah. I mean, they've had a number of hits over the last few years, so okay. they've still, yeah. but they've been around. That's for, what yeah. I'm thinking. I so, was like, I didn't yeah. know. That Adam they were... Levine has been, you know, on The Voice yeah. and all that stuff. So he's, okay. he's been around. I guess I hadn't now, heard but... him in a while. And I was like, what? I thought that was a thing from like way back. <laughs> they, early 2000s for sure. Like they had okay. some yeah, good hits. I was kind of struck by the song, too, the first time that I heard it. And yeah. I was like, it's a really interesting song from Maroon 5 of right. all people. Adam describes it as a song that he wrote to his wife. Yeah. It does have then in that context, one of those Jesus or girlfriend I kind know, of like yeah. vibes yeah. I can see that, that a lot of people complain about with Christian music in particular. Yeah. But as I've thought about that more, I'm like, I'm not sure that that's as big of an issue as we made it out to be. I, I mean, I get it is a little weird when you're writing a worship song and you're kind of like, is mm. he talking about God like a romantic partner? Like that Riding gets a little in your weird. car. <laughs> but if you're just talking about how your relationship with this person or with God is mm-hmm. really great for you yeah. and you love them and it's super awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. Why wouldn't I describe my relationship with my wife and with God in similar terms right. in that's some of those true. ways, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. 
Do you have a hard time giving hard news to people in your life? Bad News Consultation Services is here to help. We'll provide you with elite one-on-one coaching so that you can successfully break bad news to people in your life. Let's say you're a mid-level manager who has been instructed by the CEO to lay off everyone in your department. No problem. We'll equip you with helpful phrases like, Our team is comprised of amazing people. You are just going to be on a different amazing team. Or... You're a jack of a lot of trades, none of which are currently needed at this company. Or maybe, I have been so inspired by your vocational journey, and I'm going to truly miss seeing how the rest of it goes. Ready to break some bad news without feeling burdened by your conscience? Call Bad News Consultation Services today. Bad news has never felt so good. Need a refill? What we wish life would pour us a little more of. Another! Now it's time for Need a Refill. This is a new segment on the pod where we talk about things that we wish life would pour just a little bit more of. So I've ridden a bike for a while now. I've been bike commuting to work and it's been a blast. Northwest Arkansas, for those who don't know, is quickly becoming the mountain biking capital of the country, basically. Yeah, yeah like, it really is. This area is doing its best to like get established with all these trails and stuff. Mm. I finally got tired of seeing all of my friends ripping down these trails and not having a mountain bike. <laughs> I got a mountain bike. Nice. I did not realize that I would basically have to relearn everything about riding a bicycle on Mm. dirt. Oh, I went about this in a very puffed up. This is going to be really easy. I'm going to be fine. And my cousin in law, the sweetest guy in the world, is walking me through the process of learning how to do this well, not just doing my best and breaking my arm. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I like that that's your best. (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll go about it very ignorantly and get hurt and then just like rinse and repeat there. But it's been a very humbling process. Mm. I don't know if you guys have tried to pick up a brand new skill recently, but it's Mm. not Mm -hmm. easy. Yeah. Mm. And I think that as I get older, I have the temptation to slip into my comfort zone and just kind of cruise with what I can do well. Mm -hmm. I have this aversion to like, well, I'm not immediately good at this. Therefore, I'm just going to shut it down and stop. Yeah. Um, Learning to mountain bike has been one of those things that I almost enjoy now. The I'm really bad at this. Because like, that's an unfamiliar. Oh, this is a new feeling of mm. the small victories along the way that mean everything because it's so minuscule, but it yes. matters so much. Right. Yeah. That's just been kind of this humbling and scary, but fun process i super identify with this because i've been learning how to swim oh nice yeah because i have a knee injury and so i can't run as much at the moment my wife she swam in high school so we're going lap swimming a couple times a week now it is terrible (laughs) yeah it's awesome all at the same (laughs) time it's weird because i can't breathe and i'm getting water up my nose and in my mouth and i'm drowning and yeah like there's a lifeguard sitting up there watching me do all of this and probably wondering like do i need to go in and get him (laughs) like he doesn't look like he's doing okay (laughs) but totally i have this extreme self-consciousness at times Mm. i don't want people to see me like flail and drown and do horribly at Mm -hmm. this thing and yet at the same time learning this new skill to your point every little time there's like a success or I do something right I'm like 
oh, I did. It. That's how it's supposed to feel. Like right. that's how you're supposed to breathe, or that's how you're supposed to do this, yeah. or whatever. And that lap felt really good, and then the next one feels terrible again. But you're right. like, okay, I'm seeing that incremental progress. And I think one of the really exciting things about trying something new is how quickly you can improve at the beginning of it. Oh, right. Yeah. Because as you progress in a skill, you get to the point where you start to get closer and closer to your ceiling. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And like you can always improve, but it's smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. right? Yeah. Exponentially. Yeah. Whereas at the beginning of a skill progression, that's like true. you can make progress really, really fast. Yeah. And that's super rewarding if like me, I struggle with, you can get over right. that initial hump of mm. going, I'm going to be bad at this. Right. But it's weird, Isaac. Like, I don't know why, you know, it, if I'm new to something, yes, it's supposed to look bad. Right. Like, that's exactly. how it's going to be. Yeah. Like, and th that's how everyone would expect it to be. Right. Except and for us. Except for the person who's yeah. doing it. Right. But that's the thing. Like, we expect to be able to do everything right the first time. At yeah. least mm -hmm. I do. Right. I don't know why. But yeah, I've felt that in so many different areas. And I hate the resistance that comes with that. that you're like, no, I'm not going to try it because I'm not going to be good at it. Well, of course you're not. Yeah. If you've yeah. never done it before. Right. But. My recommendation for people is if you have a skill that you're thinking about picking up, I don't care if it's the xylophone or if you want to <laughs> ride a scooter, that's cool. Be willing to be bad at something mm. long enough to see yourself do one cool thing with it mm. because that is just pure gas. That is the <laughs> coolest feeling to have someone who's helping you along the way be like, that was really good. Mm. Yeah. I'm riding that high from last week right now. <laughs> like that feels really cool. So that's awesome. Just the process of learning something new has been frustrating. Like you said, it's frustrating, scary, but mm. fun at the same time. So mm. want more of that. Get ready for the Multiverse of Madness. Things are about to get really weird. We're about to jump on that ginormous spaceship. You want to come? Now it is time for Multiverse of Madness. Things are about to get really, really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the idea for this segment, all right? There are a bunch of alternate universes out there, MCU style, which means there are variants, if you've watched Loki, yeah. of Isaac and Kara and Anson, mm -hmm. who are similar to us, but maybe different <laughs> in some key ways. And so we're going to tap into some of these alternate realities and alternate identities and kind of go, hey, if we like transported ourselves into this alternate universe over here, how would that change the three of us? Mm. So here is our first alternate universe we're going to visit we all have different jobs. So the three of us right now, we work for a radio station, right? We work for Real FM. But what if in an alternate universe, Isaac owns Amazon? Oh, <laughs> you know, no big deal. Cap capitalist <laughs> titan. Jeff yeah. Bezos now does middays on Real FM. <laughs> Yes. And Isaac is a yes, a capitalist titan who owns the largest retailer in the history of the universe. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Kara, meanwhile, is a drill sergeant. Uh, she joined the Marines out of high school. Oh, yes. my gosh. Moved up quickly. <laughs> now she trains other recruits. Left her home state of Nebraska. That's wow. right. Straight She's a drill Marines. sergeant. Anson never really got off the ground, kind of uh -huh. struggled a little bit after uh -huh. high school Aww. and ended up kind of falling back on multi-level marketing schemes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're all back at our 20 year class reunion from high school, sharing about what we've been up to since high school. Do we want to do like a time warp noise? So like, that's the situation. Yes. Yeah, we'll have to. That was, that was really good. I think we're in the alternate universe now. We're here. 
oh, there's all these people here. I really wasn't expecting to get here on time. You know, I just recently got back from space. This you been... went to space? Yeah, you know, it was this really cool process. Um, it was such a beautiful experience. I was out in my yard just having drinks one night with a close friend, and I said, Barack, one day... <laughs> I'm going to get up there. I had all of the wonderful thousands of people work for me start to build a rocket. It was beautiful. How did you have enough money to get to space? How much does that cost? Oh, you don't. Okay. okay, So I own Amazon. You own Amazon? You know, like everything. The Amazon? Yeah. Like so both the shipping logistics people, Uh the rainforest as well. Hey, uh, where is the cake? It was supposed to be here promptly at 1600 hours. Who is on cake patrol? <laughs> this is unacceptable. I'll be right back, guys. Uh, okay. I gotta go take uh, care of this. 1600 hours. Hey, did, so you own Amazon. Did you know I actually own my own business too? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. I own my own business. It's, uh, have you ever heard of, uh, oxygen for energy? I can't say that I have. Okay, well, this actually could be really helpful for you when you go to space or whatever. (laughs) Like when you go to space, there's not a lot of air in space. We found that. Yeah. (laughs) So what my business does is we give air to people to breathe. Wonderful. So that they can breathe better, even if they're in space. Oh, okay. It would work, probably, I think. So like what you do is it's like it's like a can, right? And it's called oxygen for energy. And when you're in space or when you went for a run, you know, because some people just go for runs sure. instead of going to space. But <laughs> you take the can and then you breathe the oxygen and okay. you're like recovered just like that. Beautiful. Just like that. Is there not enough oxygen on Earth now? Yeah, I mean, there's some, but not as much as that's in the we can. Need more. Oxygen is for weaklings. If you join my team, you can actually sell these to other people and it basically converts your spending to earning. Mm. Okay, I'm like, going to cut you off right here. Kara, can I pull you over here really quick? Oh, yeah. I think Anson's trying to recruit us Ooh. into his downline. Yeah, that's not going to happen. This feels like a scheme. It's not going to I would know that. I'm like the king of those. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm sorry. I think maybe we got off on the wrong foot. Sure. I, I, I realize maybe you guys aren't that interested in my oxygen no. thing. But, but I actually, I actually, I have lots oh. of businesses. Beautiful. And so one of the other things I have is the bio performance pill. Do you guys oh. drive a car? I'm looking into it. Oh. I drive a tank. Okay, so for your I mostly tank, get driven these days. <laughs> for your tank, it, the bio performance pill, it's like a it's like a vitamin for your car. Mm-hmm. You just put this pill in your gas tank and it gives you 30% more gas mileage. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's a pill? That, yeah, that yeah, it's, I a, take? it's like a no, you put it in your tank or your your butler's car or whoever yes. <laughs> and you just put it in there and then it gives you more mileage. I know you might not be able to use it, Kara, because we're technically not allowed to operate in Texas because the attorney general said we're an illegal pyramid scheme. But we're fine here in Arkansas. Mm, Interesting. Like it works here. And actually, have you ever thought about how like every business is kind of a pyramid shape? Like when you think about it. Mm. That's interesting that you bring that up. Kara, I've been mm. meaning to speak with you on this. Okay, You're a drill sergeant. Yes. You're really good at breaking people down. That's right. I'm very interested in breaking my employees down. (laughs) Yes. do you well, have any but, like, I mean, tips the point on that? Is, the point is to, you know, you break them down and then you build them back up into strong soldiers. I'm not so much interested in the building back up part. Yeah, I'm okay. more interested in the suppression and active um, crumpling of you're people. You're a terrible person. And no, no, so no, 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 um, listen. <laughs> I actually think I have an idea that you could use for this. Okay. It's called the Amazuica Biodisc <laughs> 2. It's like a little piece of glass. It's like, it looks like kind of like a coaster, but it's infused with positive energy. 
energy from the universe. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. And so if you give it to your employees and you pour like some water over it and then you dump the water on your employees. Wow. Like they're going to be like five or eight times as productive probably. That's interesting. We yeah. do use water cannons on them. Yeah. Right. Hey, I asked for orange and black balloons and these are clearly charcoal and peach. Is everybody but me suddenly colorblind? You know, my buddy Jeff Goldblum was just saying that he's been using an alternate source of water to water all of his plants in his garden. He's been using, believe it or not, sparkling water. I wonder if he's also wow. using the biodisc too. Sergeant yeah. Kara, can I pull you aside one more time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I think there might be a place for Anson in either your organization oh, yeah. or yeah. mine, Maybe, mostly yeah. in a grunt work position. Yeah, I think we could, yeah. He, I think we need to utilize his abilities. Yeah. Anson, sorry about that. I think you're so smart. I would love you to come and work with me if that'd be possible. You have a business opportunity for me? It's a line position. I love business opportunities if yes. it's a business yes. opportunity. Yes. Think of this mop as your entire enterprise. Oh. Okay. Okay. Your downline yeah. is the dirt on the floor. Okay. Your metric for success how much dirt you can sweep in a day. <laughs> I am excited to invest in myself and you have, with this opportunity. And I also have an opportunity for you to yeah. come and invest in yourself by doing thousands of push-ups every day and running miles. And you will feel so good about yourself when you're done, especially after I yell at you all day. Will I make a lot of money? A, an amount of money. That there will be money. actually could be more than the amount of money that I'm currently <laughs> making. <laughs> It's time to Yelp the World, where we rate anything because you're dying to know our opinions about everything, right? This is literally the most exciting thing that I've ever seen. Now it is time to Yelp the World. So this week I am rating our new bougie coffee pot that my husband and I got. Ooh, um, fancy. Yeah, it's super fancy. It is a Cuisinart grind and brew, oh. which means you put the whole beans in the little hopper up top and then it grinds it right there and then and turns it into fresh magic bean juice. We got this because we were having dinner with some friends and they told us like we're real coffee snobs and we were mm. like, you know, we've been wanting to up our coffee game a we're little. Aspiring we're aspiring coffee. We researched some coffee pots and we got this thing. We got a couple different kinds of coffee beans. We got the ones that his professor recommended. And mm -hmm. to be honest, we don't like them. Um, <laughs> Outed. But uh, then bougie coffee problems. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. Get the fancy stuff and you're like, oh, uh, this is, it tastes like coffee. I'm gonna need you to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> but we have discovered we're all about like the Guatemalan yeah. stuff. It's a little smoother, a little yeah. less citrusy. So we've got some that we like, and it's very good. And I do like the freshness. Like it's it's really fun. I mm -hmm. will say it's a lot of cleanup. You have to clean all the parts out every time you use it. Okay. And so there's a lot. And every once in a while, Cody will be like, I don't know, is this is this worth it? And I'm like, I, I still think it's better than yeah. like just drip coffee. Mm -hmm. But it is a lot of work. And to be honest, I still put all the creamer and stuff in my coffee. So yeah. which the first day we tried it, Cody was like, that's like a sin. You can't do. It. And I was like, listen, it's the only way I can drink this. If you did like a <laughs> blind taste test with just like whatever you were using before mm, and this now with know. all of your stuff in it. Would you be able to tell the difference? I want to say yes. I I'm going to say that so. you'd be able to tell. I think so. Yeah. I still I really think, think. Yeah, I still think the base makes a difference. Yeah. Like yeah. it's still smoother. Okay. It's a better canvas for you to pour. There it is. All of your other ingredients. I like on top that. Of. I appreciate that. You said that very diplomatically. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like I, 
I think that everyone has the way that they make their coffee. I'm not into shaming people for how they take coffee. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of, um, I have a little milk frother. And so I froth a lot of coconut milk or regular milk or whatever. That's very very bougie. bougie. So I make make myself a lot of lattes. And so what's your like go to drink that you make with it? Yeah. Most often I do coconut lattes so like mm-hmm. i have actual like coconut extract and i put some in there with coconut milk and with honey oh and that's yep. really good on that top of coffee good. but lately i've been doing we have this blackberry syrup that we've put in tea and oh. i've been doing blackberry mocha so just like pouring some chocolate syrup in there and the blackberry and frothing that with the milk and putting it on top and it's really good gracious yeah raspberry mocha is what i've been getting like at coffee shops and sure. i was like well, we yeah. have this blackberry syrup it's very similar yeah so i've been doing those lately and they're really good okay. a, mocha, so, a mocha coffee you rarely can go wrong oh with yeah like exactly blank with mocha coffee that's yeah just, it's never bad so yeah. overall i think i'm gonna i would give our new bougie coffee pot four star out of five okay, that's a pretty nice. good review. it's not bad like yeah. it, it, i can tell a difference it may not be like completely life-changing but it, yeah. it does feel like we have upped our coffee game if you approach it as a fun ritual like yeah, a saturday morning thing that's kind of i think that's the key for it yeah for it sure it's fun there's still time to call Bad News Consultation Services so we can help you break the bad news you've been dreading to share. Our elite Bad News Consultation coaches are completely prepared to teach you helpful phrases for any situation like, what I told you was true, Hatch did technically run away, he just ran into a car, or you're going to be seeing a whole lot less of your grandpa, or perhaps Yes, based on the events of the past two years, it is highly likely that the entire globe will soon be engulfed in apocalyptic levels of suffering, destruction, and death. But have you tried these cookies? Call Bad News Consultation Services today. Bad news has never felt so good. Plus One, a part of the show where we learn from others because we need all the help we can get. The whole pleasure of being a human is in being stupid, but learning to be less stupid together. And now it is time for Plus One. This is the part of the show where Kara and Isaac and I learn from someone else because we need all of the help that we can get. <laughs> yes. And true. we are very excited on this episode of The Really Real Podcast to have Carrie Korn with us. You Yay. may remember Carrie. Her voice uh-huh. may sound familiar if you've listened to KLRC. She's a former host of the KLRC Morning Show. Mm-hmm. And now she's a graduate counseling intern. Yes. Excited to be back in the studio with Yay. you guys. We Yay. are thrilled to have her back. Also, just a very good friend of all of ours. Yes. We're going to be talking about mental health, counseling, therapy. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, Carrie, because this is something that has been in the cultural zeitgeist mm-hmm. over the last few weeks. There's athletes mm-hmm. like Simone Biles during yeah. the Olympics and others that have, I think, really kind of pushed the conversation about mental health to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people now asking a lot of questions about what proper mental health care looks like yeah. and the stigma that's long been associated with mental health. And then now maybe we're getting so excited about our mental health that maybe we're (laughs) self-diagnosing ourselves on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different things that we could talk about today. The first thing I kind of wanted to start with is just hearing your story about how your journey has taken shape from going from morning show radio host Mm -hmm. to now graduate counseling intern. Yeah, it's been a bit of a journey for me. It starts way back. I've always been that person who people sought out and was like, hey, can I tell you this thing that I can't tell anybody else? Mm -hmm. 
And I loved that. But a lot of times I felt kind of powerless in those situations where I'm like, I Mm. love that people feel like they can trust me, that they can open up to me. But I wanted to be really supportive and a lot of times felt like I don't have the tools that I need to be able to help them. Hmm. And then having grown up in the church and being involved in a lot of ministry, I always did a lot of mentoring at KLRC. Of course, we mentor students and then radio itself is a lot of ministry. Hmm. And and mm-hmm. so I just always felt myself connecting to people and hearing their stories. And then for me personally, my story had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of trauma in it. I just kept finding myself in these really stuck places Mm. where I was like, I can't get past this. And Mm. no matter how hard I pray or how many books I read or whatever, I'm still stuck here. And so I reached out to a counselor for the first time in my 30s. And it was just really a neat experience where there was some weird stuff that happened. I'm like, you want me to do what? I don't understand and I don't want to do that. But then I would leave every single therapy session going, I feel like a weight has been lifted. Wow. I feel like I gained some clarity here. I feel like I have some forward momentum that I didn't have before. Mm -hmm. And it was honestly life changing for me. And so that kind of sparked the idea, probably, like I said, in my early 30s of this would be something I would enjoy to do for other people one Mm -hmm. day. And then... Fast forward, 40 years old, I'm a single mom, all of my kids are teenagers, and you guys know that teenagers never stay at home, so I was home (laughs) by myself all the time, and I was bored, and I was like, you know, I always loved school, what if I took some classes at the local community college? (laughs) So I signed up for some psychology classes, fell in love, six years and 5,000 pages of essays later. (laughs) School, (laughs) right? School. I feel like I've been in a crash course of learning so much about mental health. And now I'm sitting with clients. And Mm. it's so exciting because I'm having these experiences with my clients that I had as a client. And I'm getting to see it from the other side of the room and getting to see these light bulbs go off in their eyes. And it's just so incredibly rewarding to see somebody come in and be like, I'm so stuck. I'm so stuck. And then have a moment where they're like, what if I tried this differently? It's been a lot of fun, honestly. It's really interesting to me. You've sat before Uh on the receiving end of a therapy session, and now you're in the other chair. What was that experience like the first few times (laughs) that you were sitting in that other chair and going, okay, this is a different perspective on this relationship? Absolutely. Honestly, terrifying because it's (laughs) like I genuinely care about people and I wouldn't have done any of this if I didn't love people because who wants to write papers in their 40s, (laughs) right? (laughs) To walk into that room, especially as a brand new therapist and be like, This is a real person with a real life who's trusting me with part of their story. Part of me feels like I have the knowledge that I need to be able to help them. And then part of me feels so incompetent. I'm just another girl who's also living her life trying to figure out her own story. But then I realized something that our professors tell us all the time, all through school is the number one thing that you bring into the room as a therapist is yourself. Mm. And if you'll just show up for people If you'll just really listen with empathy, without judgment, it goes a long way. And so once I kind of settled into that, the rest kind of Hmm. fell in place. 
so sitting in that seat then, yeah. what was one of the things maybe that you didn't expect or that kind of cut you by surprise yeah. of like, okay, I was maybe expecting that I was going to feel some mm-hmm. feelings of inadequacy. Sure. Or, but, <laughs> but what were the things where you're like, oh, wow, this I, I would not have realized this if I hadn't had this personal experience of sitting in this chair? Yeah, this could probably be my favorite question of the day Yeah, because I love the answer to it so much because it's so true. The thing that was most surprising sitting with clients is we all have the same problem. Oh, wow. It doesn't matter what you come in and say, I'm here because I'm going through a divorce. I'm here because my parents were neglectful as a child. I'm here because this traumatic thing happens to me. And yeah, there's some differences, but for the most part, we all have a place in us that longs for a connection, that longs to be seen and understood, that longs to be shown that we're valuable, that we're worthy of receiving love and care. And the rest of it is just content. And so when you strip away the content and you really listen to what someone's saying, we're all saying the same things. Yeah. We're all saying, am I okay? Hmm. Do I matter? Am I worth love? Am I so broken that I'm never going to get fixed again? And so when you finally realize that, then you can really start to do real work. Then it doesn't matter. Like when somebody comes in and is like, I'm going to tell you a story. It's going to blow your mind. I'm like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like your story doesn't matter. Like let's get underneath that and see what the longing is. And overall, humans have the same longings. Yeah. And so I think that was what was the most surprising thing for me. That's really good. Yeah. So through that perspective, like, you know, how nurses at the ER says that they've seen everything and you can't really be shocked. Like, do you feel like you've arrived at that point? (laughs) (laughs) Like knowing that the root, like we want to feel like we belong and we want to feel seen. Like when someone comes in and says, I'm going to blow your mind. Is there a part of you that's like, we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. But I would attribute that mostly to, I have 15 years of youth ministry experience. And so when you've got teenagers constantly (laughs) coming to, and I've also done a lot of college ministry. Sure. So I've got the mm-hmm. majority of the time that I've spent mentoring has been this age group of 15 to 25. Cool. And like, come on, like I remember being 15 to yeah. 25 years old. Yeah. Our whole goal in life is how do I get shock factor? <laughs> right. Yeah. I've raised four teenagers of yeah. my own. And so as a parent, when your kid is like, mom, I'm going to tell you something remaining blank faced mm-hmm. is uh, the number one key. So yeah, honestly, not much shocks yeah, me anymore. The blank face thing is interesting. Cause I wondered about, do you, need to keep a poker face yeah. because you don't want to shut someone down if you can see that they really need to explain something. But if something does like genuinely yeah. shock you, how much do you let slip like to show empathy? Uh-huh. Like This is so specific. No, I, know. I love but, it. Like, that there's question. that balance of like, I want to empathize with you and show you that I care, but yes. I also don't want to like clam you up. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing, Isaac, if you and I are having a conversation over coffee, because we know that if we're having a conversation, Isaac's going to have coffee. <laughs> it's just a requirement. I'm going to have tea, but I'm yeah. drinking tea. You're having coffee and you're telling me about an injustice that happened to you, Uh like something really wrong, something terrible. Somebody really betrayed you. Yeah. And I respond and I go, hmm, okay. Yeah. You're going to be like, but if I'm like, are you serious? Oh my gosh, they stabbed you in the back. Right. All Mm. of a sudden you feel seen and heard and validated. Right. And so poker face is not really something that I personally bring into the therapy room because I want to respond to your 
felt sense of what your life is like. Yeah. And if in that moment it's, I'm mad that somebody betrayed me, then I'm going to be mad with you. Sort of match that energy. Exactly. Yeah. If it's a, I'm really sad that I just lost this family member. Let's grieve that together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it kind of goes back to what you were just talking about that felt need that we all have of uh-huh. being heard, being seen, yes. being loved. You're trying to communicate that exactly. to someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things is when my therapist swears, which doesn't happen very often, <laughs> <laughs> but it's my favorite because I'm like, you get it. In the industry, we call it therapeutic cussing. Yes. Nice. Is that a thing? It is. Like I can I actually send you guys, there's a research article that says like when you hurt yourself or something bad happens to you, if you say a swear word, it actually releases endorphins and actually makes you feel better. That's okay. So, Amazing. I mean, take that as you will. Forward this to my mom, please. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, if you kiss yeah. all the time, then it kind of loses its power. Right. But if yeah. you're the type of person who you're never like, yeah, slipping then, one in there and then every now and then you're like, ah, you're like, oh, okay. That really I feel was, better. that really was. As what are as some I of thought. those words, Carrie? <laughs> You're going to make me do extra editing work on this podcast. Well, they are beeping. (laughs) Let's talk about some of the cultural impressions of Mm. mental health awareness, Mm -hmm. therapy, counseling. I would say traditionally, there's a lot of stigma around mental health. When I fall off the jungle gym and I break my arm, I know to go to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. I know I got to get help. If I have a fever, I go to the doctor, I get a diagnosis. There's a certain level, I guess, of concreteness to like a physical Mm. injury or a sickness or a biological condition. And I think for a lot of people, mental health feels a lot more kind of nebulous. Yeah. Yeah. Where does a mental health issue start? Where does just a bad day Mm. end? Um. Where does sadness begin? Where does depression begin? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these lines, Mm -hmm. at least to me as someone who's not a mental health professional, they feel very blurry. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I'm talking to a friend of mine who says, man, I'm really struggling right now, it it feels almost impossible. And it probably should be for me to like diagnose them Uh and say like, oh, you're depressed or you're just having a rough day or, but I think we struggle with that ourselves Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Is that something that you've experienced like in your practice of like, there's a lot of confusion about, about mental health and like what constitutes Mm -hmm. like a a crisis or even just a problem or when someone should go to therapy or when they don't need it. Talk a little bit about some of the confusion that I think is really rampant in this area. Sure. And I think especially right now, some of that is wonderful examples like Simone Biles, who is like, I need to take care of my mental health and gosh, I applaud her. I'm so thankful that yeah. she took that stand that causes us to have a little bit more freedom in it. TikTok is rampant with mental health videos, right? Yeah. And I love them. And I think it's great that people are talking about it, but it can also get into this point to where that's our first reaction as opposed to the right reaction. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. an example that I like to give is if you get a splinter, you're going to go home, you're going to get the tweezers, you're going to get some ointment or peroxide <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're going to dig around in there and you're going to treat it and you're going to put a bandaid on it. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go to the emergency room because you got a splinter. (laughs) All of us, we're going to get splinters every Mm. single day. That's just part of life. I wish it was easier and I wish we could get through it unscathed, but we can't now say it's a week later and that splinter has pus coming out of it and you have a fever. Yeah. Yeah, That's you should probably (laughs) go to the doctor at that point in time, but that's easy for us to see. We can put a thermometer in and say, I have a fever. I need to go. I see redness. 
I see pus. And so I think the questions that I would ask are, Mm. is this normal stress? Is this normal life? Is this a normal thing that people experience? That doesn't mean it's not hard. Sure. But one of my first lines of defense, so it's like first aid. And I'm looking at Kara because I'm just (laughs) thinking Kara's one of my first response. She's one of my first aid people. Mm. When I'm going through a hard time, Mm. I'll say, hey, we need to hang out. Mm -hmm. And so Kara and I will get together and we do hard and holy work together. Yeah, we do. Like we'll have great conversations and watch movies and laugh together, but we'll also talk about the real hard things of life. Yes. And sometimes that's enough. Sometimes it's not enough. And so I have a couple of mentors who are older and much wiser. And so sometimes I'll call them and I'll be like, I don't know what to do. Help me. (laughs) You know, listen to them and pour out everything to them. And sometimes that's enough. Yeah. But if I've exhausted those things, if I've read the book or listened to a podcast, talk to a friend, talk to a mentor, and I'm still really stuck. Then at that point, I'm like, maybe it's time for some professional help here. So you would place counseling and therapy in that sort of go to the doctor category? I think so. And I think a lot of people don't. A lot of people will go really quickly and that's okay. That's fine. But let's face it. Therapy is not the cheapest thing in the whole entire world. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but most of us really struggle to find not just an hour in our day, but like you have to drive there and back. So you're talking yeah. a couple of hour commitment a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finding the right therapist. Finding, too, oh right? my gosh, I mean, which is oh, huge. It was so hard. I had a friend once say that finding a therapist is like finding a good pair of shoes. <laughs> and just because they're cute doesn't mean you can walk in them. <laughs> nice. And I, I like was that. like, this is, is true. Yeah. This is true. So if you've had a bad experience with a therapist, they might've been a cute pair of shoes, but not yeah, a pair of shoes to hike through this hard thing that you're going through. Good so call. Right. try another one. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think... If you're like, is therapy right for me? Ask yourself, am I stuck? Do I have a goal? You know, stuck might be, I'm so depressed that I can't get out of bed and go to work. Yeah. My goal is I need to be able to go to work. And I can't figure out how to do it. That's a place where, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. definitely time to call somebody. Or if you're like just going in circles and stuck and you don't know where you need to go. But you're like, I I can't figure this out by myself Mm -hmm. or with my friends. It sounds like the stuck word is coming up a lot of like if I've exhausted some of these other options. Maybe I start with going and talking to a a trusted friend or a pastor or a mentor, kind of trying to figure out and determine like what is the right tool for the job. Like yeah. our, our relationships are more than tools, but you know, a therapist doesn't necessarily replace having good friends or yeah, right. uh, family honestly, members when or you a come pastor to therapy, One things. of the things I'm like, going to determine is, do you have a support system? And yeah, if not, let's yeah. create one for you. Yeah. Right. So that's really critical. So, yeah. so maybe you go to some of that support system first. And yeah. to Kara's point, if you're getting that stuck feeling yes. of like, yeah. okay, this is a, this is a recurring thing. Yeah. There's some sort of block here. I'm sure. not getting past it. Maybe that's kind of one of those red flags that kind of pops up and you go, okay, maybe uh, counseling or therapy is something I need to start thinking about. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that. So, yeah, I think it's asking yourself the questions. Am I stuck here? What have I tried that hasn't worked? Do I feel like I'm out of options? If you're at a point where you feel like you're out of options, absolutely. Yeah. Pick up the phone and make an appointment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned TikTok earlier and you you did kind of give your take on the requirements and the questions you need to ask yourself before you decide to go into therapy Mm -hmm. and counseling. But On the whole, with how prominent mental health Mm. things are on social media, I can't scroll through my For You page without seeing some sort of like ADD symptoms or here's what depression looks like. And I get that the stigma is going away and that's good. Yes. But on the whole, like (laughs) on the whole, do you think that like it's a net good to have mental health things like so prominent, Mm. maybe even if people are misdiagnosing themselves, like from your point of view, is it like a, we're talking about it and that's good enough, even if some people might misdiagnose. Yeah. So here's my hope. 
normally what happens is there's a pendulum swing Mm -hmm. and then there's balance. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we've gone from complete and total stigma around mental health where it's not talked about. There's not a lot of knowledge. And now the pendulum has swung way over here and everybody's an expert in mental health. And it's (laughs) all we talk about. And self-care is a buzzword. And people hate the word resilient, which is one of my favorite words in the whole entire world. And (laughs) like 14 year old kids are telling me like, here's why you have BPD. And I'm like, (laughs) you're a child. And I'm just like, uh, what happened? Yeah. My hope is that this is a sign Uh that we're moving in the right direction Mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll calm down a little bit and find some balance here. You know, that's so good. The internet is full of a lot of information. Uh Not all of it is reliable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it requires six years of education and testing and certification (laughs) and sitting before a board in order to be able to diagnose somebody, Mm -hmm. a 14 year old on TikTok probably doesn't have the qualifications (laughs) to diagnose you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so they do have WebMD. Even (laughs) if they do have WebMD. Well, that's what I I mean. We do this with like with physical injuries or things too. Right. I mean, like true. And and I I wonder about things like hypochondria. Like, Like, is there a mental health kind of version of like hypochondria where you're kind of constantly, I mean, you can get in your own head probably about some of this, right? And now we have an infinite number of resources to like perpetuate some of that narrative that's happening in our head. Exactly. And I could see how that could spiral out of control really Mm. quickly if we don't get some outside help from our support group or from a therapist. So, so if someone's looking for a resource, if they're like, okay, maybe I don't need to go to the counselor just yet. (laughs) Maybe like for me, I love to read and Mm -hmm. I often go to the books Mm. first. If someone's looking for a good, reliable resource, what should they look for? Reading author bios is a big deal. I love memoir. It's one of my favorite genres of books to read. I will read memoir all day, but there's a difference between reading a book and going, this is someone's experience with their story yeah and reading a book going this is a professional this is a licensed therapist this is a psychologist this Mm. is somebody you know who works in the mental health field Mm. and they have research and backing behind them training and there's so much good stuff out there Mm -hmm. there really is and i think what i love so much about 2021 which there's very few things i love about 2021 (laughs) (laughs) but one of the things i love about 2021 is there's a lot of really smart professional people who are starting to write books for the general public as Mm. opposed to writing books for other professionals. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. But again, does the person have some letters after their name? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If they have some letters after their name, that's a pretty good starting point. (laughs) If they don't, that's okay. You can still read the book, but don't take it as like, this is gospel truth on brain health. Right. Because somebody else's personal experience may not really align with yours. Right. So it's it's not that their experience is invalid, Mm -hmm. but to use it as a diagnosing tool for Right. your own issues yes. is probably getting a little dangerous. Yeah, smart. Yeah. This is random, but <laughs> you and I watched the show, Carrie. I was watching an episode of This Is Us last night, yes. actually. And uh, Randall in the show is mm. notoriously very, 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 very anxious yes. um, and has many panic attacks. <laughs> and the episode I watched last night was really fascinating to me because he was really hesitant to go to therapy and like mm-hmm. kept saying over and over to his wife, I'm fine. I'm good. This yeah. just isn't for me. He yeah. went to his first appointment. He hated it. He came back and he was like, I tried. It's just not for me. Yeah. And she was really struggling and basically said, I need this. Mm. Like, I need you to do this yes. for me yeah. because I cannot tell you anything about life because 
I'm afraid I'm going to break you. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's really intense. And so my question is, okay, what would your advice as a counselor be to someone Mm. who's trying to support a loved one? Mm. Yeah with mental health struggles, but that loved one is hesitant to go to therapy. Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. cause you can't be their counselor. No, you can't. And you also can't force them to go. Exactly. Right. Because the research shows that the two biggest indicators of therapy working mm-hmm. is the counselor client relationship. Mm-hmm. And the number two thing is client motivation. Mm. And a client is not motivated if they're forced to go mm. to therapy. No, that's true. And so if you force somebody to go who isn't ready to, mm-hmm. they're not going to get anything out of it. Mm. And so that's a really hard place to be in. It's good. Now in this situation with Randall and Beth, yes. <laughs> what I would tell Beth is girl, you need to go with him. Yeah. I okay? thought about that last night. I yes. was like, why don't you go with him? Exactly. If the person is your spouse, I'm a huge proponent that couples counseling is always going to be more beneficial than individual counseling. Mm. Okay. Even if you're going in this case, let's just use Randall and Beth. Yes. <laughs> so Randall has anxiety disorder and he has panic attacks. Yes. Okay. The problem is clearly Randall's. Randall's the one with a brain health issue, but Randall's problem is an us problem. Yes. It affects Beth. It's a marriage problem. It's a parenting problem. It's a family problem. Yeah. And so by going together as a couple, not only are you saying, Hey, I'm in this with you, but you're going to learn things in that session Mm. that you're going to be able to bring into your everyday life. You're going to be able to share my experience with you is this. Yeah. You're going to be able to hear what he says to the therapist. That's Mm. all of a sudden going to open your eyes to what he's going through. That's really good. Same with parent child. If you're a parent and you have a kid who's acting out, do not send your kid to therapy. Go to therapy with your kid. Mm. Go together. Mom, dad, and kid go to therapy together. It's going to be so much more beneficial to everybody. Hmm. But if it's an individual, say it's your friend, you really can't force them to go. It's hard. But this is where at the end of the day, you have to let it go. You have to say, hey, listen, I love you. I'm here. If you're ever ready to go, I'll drive you there. I'll sit Mm. in the waiting room. I'll drive you back home. I'll do whatever it takes. But until they're ready to go, they're not going to. And I think Mm -hmm. this is where we get to practice good self-care for ourselves Mm -hmm. and realize I can't fix somebody else. Yep. The only thing I can do is be there for them and love them the best that I possibly can Mm -hmm. and then let them go and know Mm -hmm. that God's got them and it's not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's good. Let me ask you one more question, Carrie, before we let you go. Earlier in this conversation, you were talking about this kind of, I don't want to use the like cliche Christian, like hole in our hearts (laughs) uh, language, but this felt need that we all share, this kind of longing for being seen and heard and loved. If you want a therapy forward for that, it's attachment. There you go. We have a a desire for attachment. I like that. So this desire for attachment, obviously all of us here in the room, we're Christians Uh and I don't want to Jesus juke counseling or therapy (laughs) because I know that that probably can and does happen and can probably be very damaging Absolutely, in in many cases. Mm. But I'm just curious about the intersection for you Mm. as a a lover of Jesus and a counselor. Mm. Where does your faith intersect Mm. with your desire to help people with their mental health? And how does spirituality relate to mental health in in your view? Mm. 
We could do a whole episode on that. We could do a whole episode on that. There's two things that come to mind. Both of them are scriptures. So the first is there's a verse in the New Testament, and I'm one of those people that like I can quote scripture all day long, but don't ask me where it is. (laughs) We'll Um, we'll throw the reference in the show notes later. It's fine. It's Um, in there somewhere. But there's a verse that says, "Confess your sins one to another, so that you may be healed." I'm going to ask you guys: Have you ever had something where, when you finally said it out loud to someone else, it's like the power of it broke? Oh yeah, deflates. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that God knew something that we don't, Mm. that there's power in connection. When you can say out loud to someone else, this is what I'm struggling with. And that person can receive that Mm -hmm. and love you in that moment. And you can see a tear in their eye or they reach out to you or they're like, Hey, I'm in this with you. It breaks the power of that. Yeah. And so a lot of ways, that's what I see therapy as is I want to be a safe person that somebody can go to and say, here's my struggle Mm -hmm. and just join with them in that. Because I've always heard that we're only as sick as our secrets. And so if we have the secret that we're carrying around, it's going to make us sick. And so if we can bring that to the light, there's Mm. healing there. Mm. Wow. The other verse that comes to my mind is, I think it's in Isaiah where it says he binds up our wounds. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved that verse. It's one of the first things that Jesus quoted publicly, that he was sent to bind up the brokenhearted and to heal our wounds. Mm. You cannot heal someone else's wounds without getting down in the dirt with them. Mm -hmm. If you've got a kid with a scraped knee, you have to kneel down. You have to touch them. You might get blood on your hands. It's very personal and it's very dirty. (laughs) But that's what Jesus did. He was the example who said, I'm going to get down in the dirt with you. Mm. I will get blood on my hands to heal your wounds. Mm. I think whether we ever mention God's name in therapy or quote a verse in therapy, if we can take a posture of getting down in the dirt with people and being willing to get our hands dirty, then we're showing Christ Mm. to the person that we're sitting with. The good news about both of those things is you don't have to be a therapist to do them. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us can be a safe enough person that somebody can come to and say, I need to tell you something that I can't tell somebody else. Mm. Every single one of us can be a brave enough person to say, I'm willing to get dirty to help you get clean. I'll let your blood get on me. I'll, I'll get a rag and wipe the dirt out of this wound for you. Mm -hmm. Let's do this together. We don't have to do it by ourselves. At the end of the day, it's really just about God said, we'll know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And isn't that what loving is? It's just sitting with people in their pain and not judging and loving them through it. That just about wraps up the podcast for today. But before we go, we're going to fill in the blank instead of drawing a blank. So here's our blank to fill in for today. My favorite insight that I gleaned from Carrie during this episode was, Mm. let's start with you, Isaac. I think just the need to sort of triage the situation and sort of figure out how severe the rut you're in is, Mm -hmm. is pretty crucial. Like Carrie mentioned, evaluate, like, can your support group handle this issue? Can you Mm -hmm. go and get count, like speak with a mentor and then maybe use therapy and counseling as kind of that, like, I need a doctor solution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that one as well. Um, I was really moved by her description at the end where she's, she was talking about Jesus' role and getting down in the dirt and mm-hmm. helping us heal mm-hmm. and how you don't have to be a counselor to help someone do that. Like, yeah. obviously, if there's a severe problem, you want you need a counselor, that's great. But we can all provide that safe, validating presence for people get down in the dirt with them, which is 
basically why we're all going, why we all need counseling. Yeah. Because we're all in need of belonging and validation and acceptance and we can offer that to one another. And that mm. just feels very hopeful to me. Yeah. A really great personal application. Yeah. I think potentially. Yeah. I think for me, just her suggestion about, um, couples counseling or group mm, counseling was yeah. really good uh, because there have been times in my uh, marriage or relationships where one of us or the other is going through a hard time or struggling. Yeah. And it's kind of easy to think like, okay, well, you know, you need to get your problem solved over here. And of course I want to support you in that, yeah. but it's right. really about like about you, you and getting this figured out mm. as opposed to like, especially if you're married, like that's, that's a group project always. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's a good and point. so supporting each other by saying, Hey, I'd be happy to go do this with you. Mm. I think if you know, you or your spouse are walking through something difficult and you're thinking about this going mm. together might be a, a really great idea and yeah, something that. that could be really helpful. All right. Let's go do some axe throwing. Ooh, okay. Counseling the axe throwing. <laughs> it is a good combination, go actually. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Really Real Podcast. By listening to this podcast, you agree to Real FM's terms and services. You have been registered for 3,142 mailing lists from marketing companies across the globe. Your personal data has been shared with every major social media site. Your name, phone number, age, and other personally identifiable information has been shared with random strangers on the street. Side effects may include headache, nausea, diarrhea, or death. Get more content or air your grievances in the Real FM Facebook group at real.fm slash insiders. Tune in next time to hear Anson, Kara, and Isaac say, We're late to our group session for axe throwing. <laughs> Heavy guitar riff. Hey, it's very, it's very therapeutic. Almost like counseling. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>